Dear family, today we begin The Virtue of Poverty, Part 6. And the theme today is The Poverty of Persecution. Let us pray. Lord, you became man and you were persecuted since you were a little child. You were misunderstood, rejected, and crucified. Give us the strength to join you in love in the poverty of persecution. Amen. It's beautiful that we end this series, this Lenten series on poverty, with this reflection on the poverty of persecution that comes out Holy Week. So it's an important meditation for us as God's little victim, hidden souls, of where he is preparing us to go. So let us begin today reviewing a little. Again, from Cardinal Cantalamesa, we have a choice. The rich young man, we read, went away sad. He had good reason to be. He had been loved by Christ, sought out by him. He had received from Christ a silent declaration of love in a single glance. Because Mark 10, 21 tells us, looking at him, Jesus loved him but his wealth prevented him from receiving it. The choice is still open now to us. We have to decide. The living, risen Christ is still walking by and calling people. It is up to us to choose between the two destinies, that of the rich young men or that of the apostles? This question, this choice, reminds me when I first got the calling from the, the Lord, will you be my victim soul? And I said, yes. Each of you, every mother and missionary of the cross, and others listening to these reflections, have also responded with their yes to be God's victim souls. So we have said yes, but we are all still in the growth, in the preparation, in the formation of God's victim souls. And poverty is so important to truly become authentic victim souls, which is the union of love. I think I identify with this rich young man because even though I don't have wealth, I really want to go to Jesus and ask him how to be your disciple, how to be better, and yet there can be things that I'm not conscious about that are keeping me from receiving his love, his gaze. So the point here is, we can be good people, we can be practicing Catholics who really want to follow the Lord, but then still 
not realize what is that we are holding on to that is tying us from a fuller following. And the Lord has made it clear to us because we're specifically speaking about the call to be a disciple as the Lord gives it is a call to be one with the victim, to, to follow the Lord, which we'll focus on today all the way to the cross. But even with us, there are obstacles, there are attachments that keep us from fully living out our yes. So we cannot serve God and wealth. And when we say wealth, do not think about a treasure chest full of gold. Think about even hidden attachments that we don't want to look at. <laughs> Those are the hardest ones, right? So in the account of Jesus' birth, we see two starkly contrasting worlds. One symbolized by the inn, the other by the stable where Jesus is born. The first world is all light, comfort, activity. People are eating, drinking, enjoying themselves. Rich people dressed in lavish clothes with heavy purses on their belts. They dismount from their horses and come and go at will. The second world, on the other hand, all is poverty, darkness, cold and discomfort. A woman, a young woman, silently accompanied by her husband, is about to give birth to her first child. They are forced to share bed and board with the animals. Cardinal Cantalamesa continues to teach us, Christmas is a mystery. His presence alone reveals two different worlds, and we are called to take a stand to decide which of the two worlds we wish to belong to. The gospel never condemns earthly goods and riches in themselves. In fact, one of Jesus' friends is Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, Matthew 27, 57. What Christ condemns is attachment to money and goods, trust in them as if one's life depends on them. Such wealth is variously called deceptive, like in Matthew 13, foolishness in Luke 12, and an obstacle that brings the threat of woe. Woe to you! Now, again, the trick of the devil in all this is to think, oh no, but I am not attached to wealth. And that's where we have to pray for self-knowledge. An English businessman wrote this, and, and it's beautiful because this is a man with wealth, yet he has it very clear how to live his wealth in the spirit of poverty given to Christ, he says, money is a tainted thing. And the only way in which I will not be tainted by it 
is to use it honestly and generously. I must see it as a means to do good for others and not as the foundation of my own happiness and security. I am only a steward called by God to use the talents and wealth that he has loaned me to build his kingdom here on earth. I shall be judged for my stewardship and not for my wealth. I cannot use money to pay for a better lawyer nor to bribe the judge. I can only use it to lay up treasure for myself in heaven by every little act of love and unselfishness towards the least of Jesus' brothers and sisters whom he sent to me for help. Therefore, to live the virtue of poverty, it is going to be a constant challenge to each of us. I think it's very important what he said. We're not going to be judged by our wealth, but by our, our stewardship. That means, though, that I am responsible before God for that wealth and how I distribute it. Did I keep the best portion for myself or did I really distribute it, guided by the Spirit, in light of the need that I see? Beautiful. Spiritual poverty of the first world. Cardinal Raniero Cantalamesa goes on to say, in, and he's citing uh, the book of Revelations, chapter 317. You say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Today, behind that you lies an entire civilization glorying in its breathtaking technological achievements. It too is tempted to think of itself as rich, in need of nothing, not even God. This is why the risen Lord's reply is for our world too, when he says, and he quotes again, Revelations 3.17, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So the Lord is calling us to come to realize, come to the truth. This is exactly the spiritual poverty of our so-called first world the lord to love crucified in 2010 and it was the day of memorial day in the united states he gave a message concerning the united states of america but i think this also applies to other countries and to the situation the entire world is living in now the lord said you, my nation of the United States of America, have forsaken me, your God. You have made materialism your God. You have made yourselves your own God. You have slaughtered my innocent little ones, and their precious blood cries out to me. You have turned your face from me. Now I will turn my face from you, 
during the time of the great chastisement. My daughter, raise up my army of holy ones. You must speak my words of warning, for I, your Lord and your God, loves you. You must tell them to open their eyes to love crucified, to unite themselves to love crucified. For it is only in this way that the power of my cross will triumph over the evil that prevails. I feel in this one paragraph, the Lord sums up what is happening in our country how it is truly falling apart. And it has to do because we have made ourselves our own God. Because of the dependence and desire for materialism and wealth, we have turned our eyes away from God. And therefore, this is a time of suffering We're entering now the time of persecution. And God will use all of this to turn his people back to him. So let us now enter the poverty of persecution. And we're going to begin by quoting some beautiful words from Pope Francis that he gave on October 18th of 2018 entitled, On the Path of Poverty. He said, The passage from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, points out that when the Lord sends his 72 disciples, he sends them in poverty. He gives them advice on poverty. It is the poverty of the disciple the path of the disciple, the Lord wants him to be poor. If a disciple is attached to money, to wealth, he is not a true disciple. There's another form of poverty that we can recognize in Jesus' own words. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. It is the poverty of persecutions. The disciples of the Lord persecuted because of the gospel. Even today, there are many slandered. Yesterday, in the Sinal Hall, a bishop of one of these countries where there is persecution spoke of a Catholic boy kidnapped by a group of young people who hated the church fundamentalists. He was beaten and then thrown into a cistern and then they threw mud and at the end when the mud had reached his neck they asked him for the last time do you renounce Jesus Christ? He said no. So they threw a stone and killed him. That is One type of persecution, the red martyrs. But then Pope Francis goes on to speak of another type of persecution, and he says, but there are other persecutions 
beginning with the persecution of slander, rumors, and Christians are silent. They tolerate this poverty. Yes, he added, sometimes you have to defend yourself so as not to cause scandal. There are small persecutions in the neighborhood, in the parish, small, but they are proof of poverty. And it is the second mode of poverty that the Lord asks of us. Humbly receive persecution. Tolerate persecution. This is poverty. So let us focus right now on this type of poverty. And the Lord has formed us to live well many times this daily persecution. If we go back to the message of January 30th, 2018, the mission of the 12, which has been the focus of these series on poverty, the Lord said to us, all who are chosen by God to fulfill his plan on earth are hated by some, rejected by others, ill-treated, persecuted. For I came upon the earth to set one against another. For the ways of God will never be accepted nor appreciated by those who live for the things of this world. Now notice that the Lord is telling us all, all who are chosen by God, all of us that have responded to the Lord need to expect persecution, need to expect to be rejected, ill-treated, even with those that we live with. So it is important, especially in this Holy Week, for us to ponder, to read, to reflect in deep prayer to the Holy Spirit, chapter 10 of the Gospel of Matthew. You'll notice in chapter 10, that the beginning, verses 5 through 15, is the mission of the 12. That has been the focus of our contemplation on poverty. Right after the Lord gives the mission of the 12 and tells them specifically what, how they need to live, verses 16 through 25 is the coming persecution. So immediately... The Lord calls us, and then he's preparing his disciples for persecution. And in verse 21 through 22, the Lord says, Brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And in verse 34, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes will be those in his own household. The Lord is preparing his disciples 
each of us for persecution within our own household, within our own families, within our own communities. In the simple path to union with God, on page 37, number 9, the Lord asks us a question. Will you continue to love and be faithful to my mission when you are persecuted and misunderstood many times by those closest to you? And my dear family, the reason why there will be division even in the families is that at the root of this is a spiritual warfare. And as the world seduces hearts and minds and the devil attracts people to an understanding of reality that is in the dark, that is evil, there might be people that are apparently very basically good people, people that we love, but they begin to behave and accept values that are of the world. And at the same time, the Lord is guiding us to the light, to the truth, to be one with him. And then we have to make a choice. Are we going to be faithful to the truth, to the way of Christ, to be one with him? Or are we going to just yield to the mindset of the world like everybody else? And if we don't, there's going to be this clash. It's unavoidable. Again, in the Simple Path to Union with God, page 145, message 42, the Lord says, My little ones, do not be discouraged, for I am doing something new. You are my little servants of love, despised and misunderstood by the world. Remain in me and I in you so that the power of God will flow as living water to my church. Do not be afraid or discouraged for being rejected and not accepted. Do you not see that this is the way of love, the way of the cross? It is precisely on this path of rejection and humiliations that you will purchase for the world many graces. So again, the Lord is forming his disciples, us, his victim souls, for a life of rejection, of humiliation. And he's encouraging us, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. When we choose my community, to live our lives as Christ's disciples in purity, lived out daily by chaste lives, listening, for example, to beautiful music, pure music, watching TV shows and movies that are pure, choosing not to watch soap operas or so much of the garbage, the darkness that's on TV, Dressing in modesty, speaking words always that bring peace, and never gossiping, what will happen? We will be misunderstood, criticized. When you are in your family, or you go visit your parents, and they're watching the soap opera, and you have to make a choice there and say, no, I'm not going to watch this, 
because it's really impure, you're going to be judged. And it's never easy. Yet, not only are we going to be judged, but the Lord teaches us we have to choose love. We have to choose patience. Yet, we have to choose the poverty of persecution, and we have to be faithful to our way of life. When we live simply and poor, we will annoy those around us choosing and desiring the excess of riches of the world. As Jesus has taught us in the gospel, those living in his light agitate and anger those choosing to remain in the darkness of the world. This persecution, my family, is also lived in community. When you encounter envy in the hearts of brothers and sisters, when your good intentions are judged and criticized. And here too, we have to be willing to live the poverty of persecution even in our communities. We have to receive that envy into our hearts the way that the Lord has formed us. And then we have to give him any anger, any resentment, and stay with the pain of being misunderstood and live it in Christ, through Christ, as grace for those brothers and sisters. This is how we build holy communities. In verse 24, again in Matthew 10, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Belzebul, how much more will they malign those in, of his household? Again, in the gospel, Jesus teaching us, if this is how they've treated him, how can we expect to be his victim disciples and not receive the same thing? In fact, more and more, as we grow in Christ, as one with him, we should be honored. Honored to be persecuted. Honored to be misunderstood. And I would even say, we really need to look at our lives if we live and everybody really likes us. Because then we're attached to what people think and we're really living to be nice men and women liked by everyone. Then in 2018, in that message on the mission of the 12, the Lord tells us a victim's soul must fix his eyes on Christ, must desire with all his being to become one with his master. Therefore, if we desire with all our being to be one with our master, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to desire with all our being to be one with the crucified. We will desire with all our being the cross and solely the cross for love. It is this gaze on Jesus crucified 
this movement of love that keeps us in the correct route, that keeps us from falling into the temptation of being like everybody wants us to be or accepting the ways of the world because really we don't want conflict, we don't want enmities. So gazing at the Lord keeps us in the in his ways, in his truth. And still there, like him, loving those who are in the dark because he died for all of us, but he kept his way in the Father. So then in chapter 10 of Matthew, verses 26 through 33, right after the Lord speaks about persecution and ex to expect persecution, then he speaks about fear not and that we shouldn't be afraid because he is truly with us. And just as he's taken care of the flowers in the field and the birds in the sky, he is taking care of us. Then verses 34 through 39 of chapter 10 is focused on the cross. Take up your cross, he says. Verse 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And it's important to make this clear. What does it mean to love father or mother more than Jesus? It simply means loving them in the wrong way. Because if you love your mother, anybody, anybody more than Jesus, obviously you're not loving him or her with the love of God. It's a disordered love that is hurting that person. It might be what the person wants, but it's not what is doing them any good. So sometimes saying no, sometimes being different than someone expects you to be is authentic love. Mm -hmm. And this brings us to the poverty of surrendering all, even our children, spouses, community, parents, apostolates, to follow Christ, to place all our hope in the God who loves us and sent us his only begotten son. Let us enter then now the third nail of, of crucifixion in the simple path to union with God on page 215. The third nail is the nail of persecution. In number 70, the Lord spoke to us about being persecuted. He said, As they persecuted me, they will persecute you. As they hated me, they will hate you. This last nail fuses your heart to my sacred heart. You love as one with me all the enemies of God. And thus, complete your crucifixion in me. And the triumph of God's love is manifested through you in the unity of my body. Prepare yourself in silence and prayer to live the last stage 
of my divine path. This is, these are powerful words. We need to meditate, we need to ponder, especially this holy week. The Lord says, you love as one with me, all the enemies of God. Many people can receive persecutions. Think of yourself, all the times you've received persecution, but how easy it is to hate, <laughs> to get angry, to curse, to fight back. And yet the key to the persecution that the Lord is calling us to as his victim souls is love. That as one with Christ who hung on that cross persecuted, he was loving all his enemies. The power of the cross is the power of divine love. And in order to come to, to this union of love of our enemies, we must travel that path that the Lord has given us. But be assured, all listening to this reflection, the Lord makes it clear, as they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Our community and those listening in the world right now those of us that are truly the followers of Jesus Christ, his disciples, are already being persecuted. The moment we talk about truth given to us by Jesus Christ, we are going to be persecuted. The moment we talk about the truth of love, the truth of disorders and sin, in homosexual relationships, and on and on, we will be persecuted. They will try to silence us. In the world right now, in the name of COVID-19, how many people by the government have lost their businesses because of forced shutdowns? The persecution for the entire world has begun. And the Lord is calling us to love and to enter this persecution with him. In number 71, in the simple path, the Lord said, The time is at hand when all will be called to suffer persecution for my sake. The time of persecution will divide my followers into two camps those with me and those against me. Few will remain with me in the time of the great tribulation. You, my little ones, are being prepared for this time. Your lives in humility and purity of heart, united to me, will be the light in this darkness. Your lives hidden and transformed in my crucified love will usher in the new Pentecost for the world. Again, the Lord is preparing us for persecution. But he's also telling us that the persecution is going to come to everybody. And that that persecution is going to divide his true followers. We're already seeing in the church Many members of our church, including cardinals and bishops, 
that are uh, see, being put on, uh, on the other side. Therefore, the persecution is actually going to reveal the true followers of Jesus Christ, and the Lord is telling us few will remain. He is preparing us. The entire simple path to union with God is preparing us to be his saints of these times, to be his faithful disciples till the end, to persevere to death unto Christ. And also we might be tempted to simply accommodate to the world and thinking that we're not really abandoning Christ. You know, we, we very easily can yield to many things that are seriously wrong or just stay quiet or even support things and still think that we are still good Christians. That, that I think, is the most dangerous thing that can happen to us. I, I don't think anyone hearing this is going to say, I renounce Jesus Christ straight it might happen it might happen if you're put if you have to choose between life and death many could renounce yeah. jesus christ but I, right now the world as long as you agree with all the evil they want to do you'll be fine right now um you know but you're not fine because you are really abandoning christ by the very fact that you're contradicting his teaching so St. Paul writes to the Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 32, regarding persecution. He says, Recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated for you had compassion on the prisoners and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourself had a better possession and an abiding one therefore do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward for you have Never, for you have need of endurance, so that you may do the will of God and receive what is promised. I'm going to now review some messages that the Lord has given us for the world. In 2011, he's speaking to his missionaries of the cross, and he's saying, you have learned to suffer with me by allowing the Holy Spirit to use your own suffering to enter my suffering. Through the gold of precious repentance, your heart has been purified, thus allowing you to suffer the sick condition of your brothers' and sisters' hearts with me. But there is still the deep suffering of my persecution that you must suffer with me. I am preparing your hearts for this most difficult suffering. When you preach what I desire, you will be condemned and persecuted by many. My brothers, the Lord is speaking to you. He's saying that he is pleased with you 
and that he is preparing you for the deep suffering of persecution with him. And when he says preach, he's not only speaking about priests, Father Jordy, Father Ron, and other priests. He's speaking about you and your own families. I know a missionary of the cross in his own family, he had to confront the sin of adultery. And he did, and he spoke up. And it was difficult because it was to a family member. That is, you will be condemned and persecuted. In 2012, the Lord said this, You have been chosen by the Father as my prophet of light. The light shines and pierces the darkness. As my prophet of light, you are called to expose the darkness in the hearts of my ministers. You are called to expose their impurity, their lack of holiness, for they seek places and titles of honor. How many seek poverty? How many seek exhaustion? How many seek truth by spending hours daily with me, truth itself? How many seek to serve the poor? Our Lord is speaking of his priest. Then he goes again to the men, the missionaries of the cross. My missionaries of the cross are my apostles of light during this time of great darkness. They will expose the darkness of sin in the hearts of my ministers and bring them to repentance at the foot of my cross. They will lead them through the cross to transformation in me. Do not be afraid of rejection and persecution, for you each are called to be one with the crucified. And, and I think mainly, unless the Lord makes it very clear otherwise, this is a person-to-person situation where a priest or even a lay person can go and it's in the it's in the teaching of the second vatican council that the laity too can and should at some point go to the ministers and express their concerns about what they see is different than going out and speaking ill about a priest go to the person just like St. Paul tells us to do. That is an act of love. And in 2019, the Lord said this, My little one, much will have to take place on earth before the establishment of my Eucharistic reign. You, meaning plural, all of us, are my saints of the end times, united as one with the holy saints in heaven. Because my saints on earth are united to my sacrifice of love in your abandonment to suffer with me, your prayers are powerful before the throne of Abba. Know, my little one, that your prayers are continuously before the throne of our Father as pure incense. He delights in your prayers, and he hears the cry of the poor. The poor are not only the poor of body, but also the poor of spirit. Those who have died to themselves 
so that I can live in them and through them. Much affliction must take place on earth because of the rebelliousness of the human heart. But God, in his infinite mercy and goodness, will bless the prayers of his saints, past, present, and future, and establish his kingdom on earth. Be at peace with complete abandonment to the God who loves you and listens to the cry of the poor. Persevere in your own crucifixion for the glory of God and the establishment of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Go in peace to be my light in the world. And with this, we end the last reflection on poverty. And we ask you, Jesus, our beloved, our love crucified, to raise up your victim souls for these decisive times. We ask you to transform us, your little ones, into these courageous warriors of love, one with love crucified, one with the persecuted one. Amen. Mother Mary, take us by the hand to the cross, to Jesus, and bless all who listen to these teachings. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.